I think that many people will say this. And I think that I'm not alone, eating disorder or not, that Instagram numbers, like it's, it's, it, there's a, like a pressure, like you feel like a pressure. But for me, I've realized that I've had some high highs on Instagram. I've had some low lows on Instagram. Even on my blog, I've had some high highs on blog traffic. I've had some low lows on blog traffic. And it's just, it's not a linear path. It's not a linear like path. And it's not going to stay that way forever. It's like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Like I have to remember that when things go down, things must come back up. And when things are up, things will probably come back down. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and happy as always to have you here. If you're new, welcome. If you're an OG, welcome back. This podcast and community has grown so much since the beginning, not just number-wise, but just in overall scheme of things. It started out as a way to connect with others, both through interviewing guests and by building this community with you all. And then I really started to hone in over over time on what topics I wanted to discuss and share. And so it's become this platform for holistic storytelling where guests share the real highs and the real lows of their story to show that life is not just one big highlight reel, which is what Instagram sometimes makes it out to be. <laughs> but we actually all struggle so much more than we let on. And I think that's why it's so important to have these conversations. Um, And in that, you know, I'm always trying to find new guests to bring a new perspective to the show and to you all. Uh, I love bringing back, you know, OG guests for round two. I love finding completely new ideas and perspectives and thoughts to bring to the show. And now it's also been about including some more diversity Before, I'd say back in April, I was really starting to find different people and different voices I could bring to the show and to you all. And in that, I was working on scheduling with a few Black content creators and people in the wellness space. However, as scheduling goes, like that can get tricky. And so I wanted to have this out as my public service announcement uh, in regards to the recent Black Lives Matter movement that that is something I am working on. Uh, You know, whether it's an open conversation on race, just interviewing amazing women in the health field from the Black community, um, or on specific topics, like understanding white privilege, or one that I'm recording next week is about making wellness inclusive to all, and, you know, not just having our feeds filled with uh, white fitness and health influencers, because there's so much more variety and options and perspectives out there. Uh, So just, you know, and not to mention the overall voices and messages and guests of the show will continue to diversify and include everyone. I never intentionally set out to have this be an all-white guest podcast, uh, which unfortunately has been so far. I guess just thinking back, that was what my feed showed me as inspiration for guests. And 
shame on me for not looking elsewhere. But, you know, moving forward, that's, that's a change that's happening. Um, I've now learned that intention isn't good enough. Uh, I have to make an impact and I have to take action by actively bringing out those different voices. And so I'm just excited for you all to follow along and listen and learn. But until then, we still do have a great backlog of guests that have interviewed. And I'm excited for today's Erin from Erin Lives Whole. She is back on the podcast today for round two. Last time we chatted, let me check. Okay, that was episode 27? Seriously? Wow. Okay, I did not realize how long ago that was. It's been much too long. Oh my gosh, I was such a baby podcaster back then, I probably had no clue what I was doing. I hesitate to listen back to that episode because I'll probably cringe. So, you know, if you want to listen to her OG episode, it's 27. However, don't blame me if I sound like a completely different person. I truly hope my podcasting has gotten better. I think it has. Let's hope so. Anyway, today she's back, and I promise this conversation is even better than the last. Uh, We discuss a whole new topic, actually, uh, body image and ED recovery. So last time we chatted, Erin shared a bit more of her actual journey with an eating disorder. So, you know, life before it, life going into it, and now we wanted to have a conversation on the other side. So what life is like after recovery and reflecting back on it. Erin shares how body image is something that took a long time to handle and, you know, really face, and it's something that still comes up, which is making a very valid point of learning to discern between, discern or differentiate between what a single bad body image day is, or whether it's an everyday battle that's still rooted in, like, overall body dysmorphia, which is a very interesting, like, when you listen to us discuss it, It was very fascinating to me because I had never thought of it in that way. And I also really liked this point we dive into of shifting focus. So this isn't abandoning recovery and, you know, completely focusing on something new, but this is finding something else to help take that pressure off, which maybe I'm not explaining that too well. I really don't think I am. But hold on, I promise by the end of the conversation, you will know what I'm talking about. And then as some of you may relate or maybe not relate, I don't know, recovering from an eating disorder while being on Instagram or running an Instagram based on food can be sometimes weird, right? I mean, it's great to prompt us forward in recovery almost as a source of accountability. As you'll hear Erin say, like you have to show up for your people, try new foods, I don't know, like can help in that way. But sometimes it can also become a trap, like comparison trap or something more. So I don't know. It's like a 50-50 toss-up and Erin shares her perspective on it, which I found to be really fascinating. Not to mention like the mindset that around it that she developed so that she could create an Instagram based on food while recovering was something I found to be spot on. So if any of this, any part of this episode resonated with you, please let us know. We would love to hear about it, and you can feel free to tag us in your stories, message, like share the episode with someone in your life who may need it. These are all great ways to let us know you listened and to support the show. Um, Truly, like every little message, every little write and review matters and helps. I appreciate them all. I know the guests love to like 
see, hear how you guys are thinking of their episode. And the recent reviews have been, I mean all the reviews, but there's been a couple of recent reviews for the podcast that have been so sweet and just made me smile. And you never know, sometimes I pick an occasional winner, you know? I'll pick a review and say, hey, you win something special. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I just got some extra for Sigmatic. I think it's the Lion's Mane Focus Blend. So, perhaps if you'd like to leave a rate and review, let's be spontaneous here. Okay, we're going to go with this. Leave a rate and review if you truly like the show. Don't fake it now. If you truly like it, if something about it resonates with you, if it's helped you in some way, leave a rate and review. And in the next week, I'll pick one winner to win a box of these Four Sigmatic Focus Blend things. I'll have the description in my episode show notes if you're more curious as to what it is you'd be winning. Uh, but either way, I just appreciate it. And, you know, that's that's what we'll do with it. So without further ado, oh, also, if you want to, you know, find us on Instagram, Erin is on there at Erin Lives Whole, and I'm on there at Emily Feichels or Let's Thrive Podcast. We would love to connect and just hear your thoughts. So without further ado, let's begin. I told Tom he's here. I told him, I was like, you need to be quiet. I'm on a podcast. If he makes a guest appearance, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, to start off, um, last time we spoke was probably about a year ago. I can't quite remember, but a lot has changed. A lot has happened since then. So in the last you know, episode, what we discussed a lot about was your eating disorder and you know what that was like going through it. And then we touched a little bit on recovery. But what I kind of wanted to start this conversation out with today is picking up where we left off. So last time we discussed like the experience, like what you went through with the eating disorder. But now I'd kind of like to discuss like life on the other end, you know, the rainbow at the end of the storm, so to speak. So since you've, you know, been good for so long now, I mean, good as in recovery, like, you know, doing better with life. Um, what would you say was like the biggest struggle or like the last hurdle you really had to overcome in terms of recovering from that part of your life? Yeah. So, okay. So I really, I, I try to like look at my life and I see that I had, I went through this like period of time where I was really struggling and I went to treatment and just because you go to treatment and you see a therapist doesn't necessarily mean that you're healed, right? You have to put in the work after. And so for me, it took, it took a couple of years to keep going to therapy and then also just like doing stuff with myself and living and trying to live a normal life and going out and meeting people and just like realizing as I got older that that wasn't the life I wanted to live. Um, so for me, it's just been, there wasn't really ever like one thing that just made me, that was just like, there was like a, I don't know, a trigger or anything, but it was just kind of like, there's been little pieces that like slowly were starting to fall off that were like, okay, I'm not as triggered by the fact that I didn't get to work out today or not as triggered about the fact that my clothes don't fit like they used to or, but just, can you, can you say the question one more time? Yeah. So just what you were kind of explaining right there, where these little, these little things that we don't always realize we're still doing, you know, like you said, they're the last things to fall off those little habits and mindsets that are still lingering in our mind, even when we think we're recovered, you know, quote unquote. And I was just kind of curious what ones you faced. So it sounded like you said the yeah. one about like clothes not fitting quite right. Yep. 
yep. So there was these, these little things, like I was saying, mm-hmm. and it was kind of just like clothes not fitting right or just like having to come to come to terms with I think one of the hardest things was just like body image in general so even like having mirrors and like seeing myself and realizing that I did look different than I did a few years ago when I was really sick and that the way I look now I ever have to remind myself like no like you feel 10 times better and you feel stronger and you have life and you're funny and you have a passion and you have a real job and you have all these things that you could not have if you were sick like you were before. And so just for me, it's like constantly reminding myself of that, those kinds of things. And I also like want to say this, but like eating disorder or not, people have body image issues. Like it, you don't have to be clinically diagnosed. Like girls who, who have relatively, relatively healthy relationships with food are still allowed to feel like, Oh, I'm having a bad day or, Oh, like, I don't like the way I look. And you know what? That's normal. Like that's part of life. And you know, what? it's not even just girls, it's men too. Like everyone has that where they just don't feel totally like so confident. And so I have to separate the facts between, am I having a bad body image day or am I really triggered by something? Is something really bad? But for me now, when I have those days, I just tell myself like, you know what? This is a fleeting thought. Like look at everything that you've done. Look at everything you've built. Your life is here because you started to let go of those other things. So it's just like balancing out between like, you know what, there is human nature involved in it. And like, we do have moments where we're like, oh, we ate too much or, oh, we did this. But it's just instead of acting on them and, and acting on, on them in a way that would be restrictive or something in a way, it's like that, like that, it would be something along the lines of like, you know what, okay, this is normal. A lot of people go through this kind of thing. I love that distinction between, you know, is this a disordered eating thought or tendency, whatever, or is this just like generalized body image? Because that is very true. I have, you know, just thinking about it now, I have quite a few friends who I've always admired their normal relationship to food and just being able to eat whatever they want. Yet they still, you know, it's like they always say girls kind of unite over like, oh, I can't like, can't stand my blank or my blank today. Like, it's just that like kind of negativity body shaming that so many women and men feel too. And it doesn't have to be, you know, related to disordered eating. So I love that distinction. And it's something I hadn't really thought about too much before now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just the fact that like, there, there are so many of us out there that have gone through eating disorders. And there are so many people that just, I I see that really struggle and, and they continue to struggle. And, and I know that that is just like something that it's so hard because it's like something you have to like healing from an eating disorder is just not linear at all. And I know I'm sure that a lot of people who have been through that also feel that way, but it's just like, there's, there's a lot of different aspects to it that like, I even like, even about like a year or so into my recovery, like I would look back a year and be like, wow, like I've made that much progress. Um, but it's hard to see that sometimes because it's like, oh, but I also don't like, like I haven't been liking the way I look, whatever. But it's just like about remembering those like little things and remembering that there's, there's still, a, it's still okay to feel and have those days. Yeah. Right. Like not, not really labeling stuff as necessarily good or bad, but just as is, you know, it, I mean, it just happens like bad body image, those thoughts, those feelings, like they are going to happen and you can't like avoid them forever. You can't be always, you know, 24 seven, happy, optimistic. Like it just, that's the ebb and flow of life, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when you were recovering from, you know, your disordered eating part of your story, did you ever struggle? Because in that time you were also running your account, right? 
Mm-hmm. Did you ever struggle? Was, oh, yeah. No, it was like right at the beginning was when I was I was still seeing a therapist. Or was I? I might have just graduated actually from therapy. Okay. I never really put the two together, but it was like it was still at like the beginning when I was still like very much healing. Okay. Did you ever struggle with healing and the food part? Because I mean, I think that's kind of a paradox that a lot of people on Instagram don't always notice is that so many of us are, you know, we have these food accounts, everything's about the food, the aesthetic and um in you know, and in correlation to that, we're also trying to heal a relationship to food. So sometimes it can help and sometimes it can be a detriment. So do you ever struggle with that type of thing? For sure. Like part of the reason that Erin Lives Whole started was because I, well, first of all, kind of started as like, oh, I want to do like lifestyle. So it wasn't directly just food. So that kind of separates me a little bit. Um, but there is a large, like a, a large portion of like when I was starting to, I honestly credit my account for helping to get me to where I am today because as part of the reason, because I started this account and I was making recipes all the time and I was living at home with my parents and I was started like testing different things and I wanted to try new flowers and I wanted to have the best recipes. I didn't want to just put out recipes that were just okay. And growing up, like we always really loved food in my house and like we, and I felt like I had like my mom always said, my mom would always say like, oh my gosh, you have such an adult palate. Like you like everything. Like there's nothing that you don't like. Like I didn't eat like chicken fingers. Like we would eat like, like not gourmet, but you know, I liked a lot of different foods that normal kids wouldn't like. Um, so I knew that like I, I had to try these things and I had, and I wasn't just going to post recipes that I really had no idea how they tasted. And I, and I know that there's probably a bunch of people out there who have just made this stuff, but they're too afraid to eat it, which I totally get. And I understand because I've been in that, been in that in that position before and in their shoes before. But as I started to like continue to grow and it became more food focused, less lifestyle focused, I was realizing how important it was that like these recipes were perfect. And I would end up with three loaves of banana bread or, or two dozen cookies because I'm testing out different flours and different consistencies and different sugars. And part of my healing was eating those desserts every night and and trying them and making sure that they were good enough to put up on the blog. And whether I liked it or not, some, some weight came on. Um, my life wasn't over. And, but while, while that was happening, my business was also, was also growing and my excitement for my business was growing. So I was kind of forgetting about like, just, I wasn't just like sitting there and just like reveling in the fact that I wasn't looking good or I didn't think that like I just I was so preoccupied by my business so yeah so while like it does kind of start in a way that like you know what everyone wants to share their food they want they have such a fixation I guess is probably the right word like on food and like um so while I definitely like remember like I remember this is something like kind of crazy but like I remember we were at I was at my corporate job still and one of like my photos was like a picture of a cookie on a white plate And I remember this was like, I think my third post ever, my second post, like something like way back when. And I remember like, I, we got like a free cookie for something, whatever. And I took, okay, I don't know why I would take a picture of it and post it on my Instagram. But I said like work perks, like love to eat these cookies. Like I was trying to be lifestyle. The early days of Instagram. (laughs) Exactly. Like you can literally post whatever you want in the minute. But I remember like agonizing over that cookie because for me at the time that I was in, in early 2017, it would have been like, okay, well, if I have this cookie, then I can't have dessert later tonight. And I, like, I always loved having nighttime dessert or like, I can't, if I eat this cookie now, I can't do this. And it's just so amazing to see how far I've come now. But yeah, it kind of is that whole fixation on food. I'm going to post this cookie, like, and I'm either going to eat it or I'm not going to eat it, or I'm going to save it until way later. 
instead of just enjoying it in the moment kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I think what you were saying before about like we get fixated on on our food, we get fixated on that one cookie that we think is going to change our entire body composition when we know that's not true, but we're so fixated on it. And I think a, a key that at least is beneficial in my you know healing process, and it sounds like in yours, is finding a way to shift that focus and that fixation to something else that brings us genuine joy. So for you, that was watching and building your business where instead of focusing on like our body, you were on your body, you were focusing on that. And for me, it was, you know, various things like starting my blog and my podcast too, like giving ourselves things that bring us joy and purpose so that we can fixate and focus on those while healing and, you know, not putting all that pressure on the food. So I think that's something too, that can kind of be a key in, in some people's healing journeys, you know, maybe not for all, but it seems certainly the case for you. Yeah, for sure. And like, and just to go off that, like, I even think like, I, I remember I struggled as a kid because it was, it was kind of like, everyone always said like, Oh, find your passion. Like, what's your passion? And my mom always be like, well, what are you passionate about? And I just remember being like, nothing. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not really good at sewing. I'm not, I don't love the swim team. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I never really had that passion so like when people always say like oh like follow your passion like that that saying has always like irked me kind of because I'm just like well not everyone has a passion you know what I mean but like it is true in healing that I took I guess like a full year off from school almost a full year off from school like I guess 10 months and then any type of work so like I just lived at home and I woke up every day and I sat in my thoughts And honestly, while it was nice and I needed a break, I probably didn't need a year long break just because like I just sat in those same thoughts and I didn't feel like I was really growing because I wasn't like fixed, like fixated on anything. Then the years passed on and I started my blog and then that became my new fixation. So it was just kind of like shifting my perspective from focusing so much on myself to to focusing something on something that like really brings me joy and makes me happy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for everyone that could be, you know, and even if it's not a passion, quote unquote, but just like an interest, if you're interested in something, kind of like, like allow yourself to be curious and test things out. And I mean, you might not have ever guessed that a blog would become your absolute passion and business, but like you kind of tested it out, you started it and voila, like here you are today thriving with it. So uh, I think like curiosity too is like key in that of just, if you don't think you have a passion, just allow yourself to be curious of some things that might bring you joy. Or lead to more. Totally. I love the way you put that. Yeah, it's really true. Because it's, I mean, it's also like you don't, not not everything has to be like a home run success. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to be a, don't have to build a multi million dollar business. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like finding something that, that even if it's just like you discover that you are so into books and you actually love reading and you love like sharing your Goodreads account with everyone and you want people to come follow you on Goodreads and like, hear your book reviews. Like maybe you have a voice about books, like just something like that. You know, it's just like exploring different opportunities within things that bring you genuine joy. A hundred percent. And I think I've been misspoken before about, you know, like just doing what you love and, you know, like having that be your sole focus when in reality, like doing what you love, that passion can just be like a side thing. You know, like you said, it doesn't have to be the multi-million dollar idea. It doesn't have to be your business. It can just be something on the side that brings you joy. And, um, you know, I feel like with you, the blog definitely could have been that, but it did take off and it did accelerate to the point where now you've been able to make it your business, which is amazing. And so, you know, I'm just curious, like, do you remember 
the first time like it really hit you of oh wow this is more than just like a passion this is this could grow into something more yeah so I started my blog kind of at like the time I was in corporate America um I was an intern at the time but I was about to accept like a full-time position at that company um and it totally started as fun but I've I've always kind of had a business mentality behind it um and I'm not afraid to say that just because I feel like honestly like I was just kind of like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it full, full, full force. I'm mm-hmm. not going to post once a week. I'm going to post every day. It's just, and that's, that's what I think about with business. Not necessarily like I'm going to make a million dollars, but just like, I'm going to go after this. Like I really want to grow this baby. And so I just like ha- always had that mindset. But then like I got, I remember like I got my first partnership and it was for like $50 and I was just like, Oh my God, like I can make $50 on the internet. Are you crazy? This is awesome. Um, and then, and then I just, it continued to grow and you just continue to see like the emails come in. And then I guess it was like a full year into Aaron Loves Whole. I was talking with my brother, who's a business consultant. And I remember like calling him on the way home from work one day and I was on the phone with him and I, and he's like, he's like, where do you, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, where do you see Aaron Loves Whole in five years? And I was like, and this was like just a year, not even a year into Aaron Lissell yet. So probably 10 months. And I'm kind of like, I was like, honestly, like, I really want to do this full time. And like, maybe like a book or, or some sort of project, like products that people can actually buy or something. And he's like, well, what about like selling like some of your food? And I knew that I never really wanted to do that. But I think he was just trying to like see that like I had to expand just beyond like the internet. And then as the time went on a little bit, like I started talking to him more, I started talking to my parents more. And I just kind of realized that like my passions for my blog were bigger than my passion and excitement for my blog was bigger than my work and also bigger than my fear of failure. So I knew that that was when it was time that I took the leap and I wasn't making, I, I think I left my job when I had like 35,000 followers. And honestly, to be completely frank, like followers don't necessarily mean any. Okay. So not followers don't mean anything on Instagram, but Instagram numbers don't mean anything unless you're able to turn it into a business. So you can have 200,000 followers, but make $0 because you're just not into the business aspect of it. You just don't want to do partnerships. You don't want to do this. You want, you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. It's how you translate that into business. So I knew that with $35,000, I was going to be making a million dollars, but I was going to set myself up so that I had different avenues and different streams of income. And I also have my blog. So I've also said, like, I've always had Instagram, but I also have my website. My website brings in majority of my, my money. So I kind of knew that I wanted the two together. And I just like knew that it just felt right that like, that was the next step for me. And I was scared. I was so scared, but like my excitement was so much bigger than my fear and I've never been the one to like be like, I know that for a lot of people, money is a huge thing. And but I've just never really been driven by money. Um, I've never really been super worried about money, maybe because I haven't been in like a scarcity mindset, but I've also like, I've never made a decision. I'm not one of those people that like researches like 50,000 things to find the best deal. Kind of like my fiance, he like looks at every little ounce of everything to find the best deal. Meanwhile, I'm like, Oh, perfect. I'll just buy the first one. Like I walk into a store. I just pick the first one off the shelf. Um, so 
so that just, just something to think about for me is like, I never really was like, Oh, I'm going to do this because I'm going to make a million dollars, but I'm going to, but more of us, like I'm going to do this because this is truly what makes me happiest. And there will be, there will be money. The money will come if it works out, you know? I love that. Yeah. I mean, just starting with the idea of the fear of failure, I was just doing a podcast like two hours ago and that was a big topic we were discussing where this fear of failure holds us back from so much in life. I mean, even if you take it back to what we were talking before with eating disorders, how many of us are afraid to try to even recover because we've tried so many times before and quote unquote failed and let people down. And then when it comes to business, like we're so many of us are afraid of the money side of things. We're afraid of shame. There's just so many little fears that hold us back. And ultimately it's this fear of failure. But I think you could probably agree that, I mean, quote unquote failure, whatever that means, uh, is where like the growth happens. That's where the amazing things happen. So it's like you learn a lesson and to find something that excites you so much that you can go above that fear is just phenomenal. And I think we all experience those moments in our life, just whether we, you know, realize it or not, whether that's proposing to the, you know, to your partner or applying to the job. Like we all have these moments where we let our excitement carry us over the fear. And I think those are like the things you need to cling to because that's telling you something, you know, like that's telling you, okay, if I can overlook my fear to do this, that means like, I'm really, I'm really ready to invest in that. So I think that's a kind of mindset thing that people could kind of keep in mind. Yeah, that is so true. And like, that is for sure. Like I, cl- I really did cling on to that feeling of like, wow, like I'm so excited to do this. Like I have like, yeah, sure. I'm a little tiny bit scared, but like my, it's just so exciting and, and I'm ready for it. So it's like finding those little, those little like bits of like, wow, like I'm so pumped about this and I'm going to make it work. And like, you know what, I'm going to find a way to do this kind of thing. Now, something I'm always curious about too, is that I think it's interesting how obviously people are used to hearing, you know, like on Instagram, so many people struggle with um, fixating on the numbers of likes, you know, of comments, of followers, et cetera. But I think something that, you know, is also equally interesting is how many, you know, of us also have that fixation when it does come to eating disorders, what we were just, you know, discussing before with a fixation of weight and calories and all those numbers too. So Overall, it's just this big fluctuation of numbers that we obsess over and that ultimately don't determine anything um, unless, you know, we were willing to make that so. So how have you kind of navigated growing and building an account into a business without letting the numbers, you know, affect and fixate too much? It's a really interesting point that you bring up. Like, it's very true that we put our value on numbers and approval of other from others and like number of likes and comments and the number on the scale is it giving us what we want to see is it those definitely those definitely relate and they definitely translate like when i think about like um instagram likes and followers and it's really hard to not i think that many people will say this and i think that i'm not alone eating disorder or not that Instagram numbers, like it's, it's, it, there's a, like a pressure, like you feel like a pressure. But for me, I've realized that I've had some high highs on Instagram. I've had some low lows on Instagram, even on my blog, I've had some high highs on blog traffic. I've had some low lows on blog traffic and it's just, it's not a linear path. It's not a linear like path and it's not fl- like, fl- like, um, most of what I'm looking for. It's not, it's not like going to stay that way forever. It's like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Like I have to remember that when things go down, things must come back up. And when things are up, things will probably come back down. 
So I've, I've, I've shared these moments with people and I've used that as my, um, kind of like my healing process because while Instagram numbers, like really, I really try not to let them bother me, especially now, just cause I have seen some high highs and low lows. I have let it bother me in the past. And by voicing this stuff to like Tom, my fiance, or to like my mom and dad, or to my brother, it's like by sharing this, they kind of ground me and they remember, okay, remember you did have a really high, high before, and you did have a really low, low before. And I'm like, you're right. And so just for me to be like, you know what, this is just a normal part of it. This is a normal part of being a business owner. We're all going to have these moments. It's good. Yeah. It might really suck that it's really low right now or that things just aren't going well right now. Um, but there'll be a high again. And even if I don't want to believe it, I know there will because I've honestly been on the roller coaster like this several times that I've seen it happen. So it's just now reminding myself that like this, there is no, there is no straight path to doing this and that my, the numbers don't have not affected my business. So when I look at the grand scheme of my business, it's been an upward climb since I started, which I'm glad it has been because I started at like basically nothing. But it just goes to show you that like it wasn't like just because I had like a really bad month on Instagram or a really bad month on my blog traffic, a really bad month where I wasn't feeling myself or like back in when I was in my like, early stages of recovery, that it doesn't mean that I failed and that I have to stop, but that I can keep going because this is just part of the journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so often when we do get in those low spots, we just, you know, we're accustomed to just kind of settling, you know, it's like you just wallow and you're in despair of these low times. And I think the magic happens when you start to recognize this is a low moment, but it's temporary, like the high is coming back. And I think a lot of us in this space, you know, talk about this a lot where, you know, whether it's in our stories or our captions, where we discuss, you know, these low days we're having and these emotions we're going through. But ultimately, like you said, there is there's only one way to go and it's up. Um, and when you start to acknowledge that it is a roller coaster, that it's not just a straight linear path, I think that's when you give yourself like the power to pick yourself back up faster, so to speak. You know, like instead of spending three days just wallowing over why, you know, why is my post not doing good? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? You're able to maybe spend like a day or two in that mode and then you're like, oh yeah this is just a low tide. Like it's going to get better. And then you kind of start easing your way out of it again. So I think, yeah, like a, and you know, what's yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like, no. you know, what's this just made me think of it is like, like you have to go through those low moments to, to, to realize the high. And it, it's mm-hmm. so, it's just like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this right now, but even two days ago, it was like our second full day of rain. And I was just like, Oh, like I'm so tired of the rain. And then I was like, I literally said out loud, but like, you have to have rain in order to get the high from that sunshine, like to enjoy the sunshine. Mm -hmm. And it's just so true. Like you, like those, all the failures in my life, like, of course I was crying. I'm a sensitive little girl, but like I, and I was miserable in the moment, but like, it makes me appreciate when that huge brand deal comes through or I get, I reach a new blog traffic high or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was just talking with a friend. She used to live in Florida. She moved to Portland and she said that one of her favorite things now is that even though the weather's not Florida, you know, it's not warm and sunny all the time. She said that when the sun does come out, she's outside and she's just so high, you know, off of the sunshine and being outside all day. I was like, that's such an amazing like metaphor for just what you were saying of like, you, you appreciate the highs when you have the lows. And, um, 
I think that's like a life lesson. It's a business lesson. It's a healing lesson that everyone can remember and uh, really apply to their own life in you know, some way or another. I completely agree. I love that. It's so true, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with the business side of things too, you said in the beginning, you have this business mindset and not, you know, not so much about I'm going to make a million dollars, but just, you want this to be a business. You're willing to put in the work you want to do the work. So what would you say has been like the biggest mindset shift that allowed you to take this from, you know, kind of, I want this to become a big thing to where you are now of like, this is my business and this is how I do things. Um, that's a really great question. I would say that honestly, like just, I've had to realize that like I'm in charge and that like, I, this is my baby. This is my, uh, at the end of the day, I can say no to things. I can, you know what, if I say no to one opportunity, another better one will come up. Something else will happen. I'm in charge here. And kind of just like, not even in like, I'm not even saying that in like a bossy way, but just more of like, I don't want to fill my content with things that just aren't fulfilling to people and to myself and just advertisements. I really want it to be like a great space where people can come for amazing recipes and they feel confident making them. They feel better. They enjoy watching my stories because they feel like I'm uplifting them. Um, But just like having this mindset shift of kind of like, this is not just a business for a dollar sign. Like this is a business like you can only really grow your business if you provide some sort of personal touches to it. So like I just try to really make sure that everything stays personal and that there's like a human element to it. Because like I, I don't I think there's a lot of like accounts out there. I think a lot of people do a really great job of like keeping it personal. Like I feel like a lot of people that I really like to follow like super interesting. They come on there, they show their face on stories, they entertain us. Um, but also there's those accounts that's just like ad after ad after ad. And, and I think that for me, I just was kind of like, you know what? Like I cannot be like that. Like I might've had like a period of time where I was just like, oh my gosh, I was so excited that all of these like brand deals were coming in and then I wanted to like make money and I wanted to do this, but then I was just like, no, like then I'm going to lose a little touch of who I am. So just kind of like having that whole, like, this is my business and I can really do whatever I want with it. And I don't have to answer to anyone else. I just have to do exactly what I feel is right. Yeah. I mean, kind of like not succumbing to the pressures of society or of other business to do what, you know, is quote unquote normal or what everyone else is doing. So yeah, like taking that stand and setting a boundary of saying, I'm not doing all these brands, you know, and I'm, I'm doing my personal touches. I'm making this page truly me. And yeah, just really like setting a new standard for yourself and your business uh, without succumbing to pressure to do more or share more, you know, make more money off of it. And it's hard because like, especially right now, since we're still in quarantine as we record this, um, we, there's a pressure for more and there's a pressure for, okay, well, you're cranking out two recipes a week, but you also need to be sharing. You need to be doing an Instagram live and you need to be doing an IGTV and you need to make sure that you have three partnerships and this, and it's just like this pressure. There is a, there's an unspoken pressure on Instagram right now. Um, and I can feel it. I know others can feel it. And it's while the, while it's kind of interesting because not that the rest of the world is relaxing because that's not the case because we have all those frontline workers and everyone who's really out there dedicating their time. But a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm so bored. Like I've watched all these 
shows, I feel like a lot of like small business owners right now are like hustling and like really putting in the effort. And I've seen that on Instagram. It's like, it's kind of like a, a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing. Cause it's like, I've, I've got a lot of work done. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the return on doing some hard work, but I'm also like, when can I just like chill out and, and, and take a break, you know? And so I've really had to like be firm on setting myself up to, to take out the weekends off and to not work so much. And it's okay if I don't get a video up this week and it's okay if I don't have three new recipes or, or just like a whole, a whole new blog post up. And it's just like reminding myself that, but there is a, there is a real pressure right now. Yeah. And I mean, we were talking about this before recording and in the, in retrospect to before, you know, Corona even, you know, did, you know, this entered our atmosphere um, of the year, but just that pressure that entrepreneurs or self-employed people or small businesses have of there is truly always something more to do. You don't have a boss saying like, here are your tasks. You don't have a time that cuts you off. And I'm not saying that to undermine corporate work because it's just like nothing's labeled as hard, more hard or whatnot, but it's just that when you work for yourself, you don't, if you don't set the boundaries, no one's going to. So as we are talking, you know, like, yeah, it's been a wonderful time to get work done, but it's just elevated that constant pressure to do more because, you know, it's like, oh, we have endless time now when, you know, in reality, that's just, it's not like a healthy expectation to have because when quote unquote normal life picks up again, <laughs> like we just can't expect ourselves to constantly be going and constantly be creating and providing more. There is a point of burnout. And until you reach that, like, I don't know. I think it, it can be a dangerous game to play of how much can I yeah. do until I reach burnout and just, you know, go downhill for a bit. Right. And it's hard because it's rewarding right now because especially as a blogger who's focused on food and, and baking and, and cooking, there's a, there's a lot of that going on right now. So I'm seeing the traffic increase. So I know what's, what fuels that is creating more. So it's also, it's also always my work-life balance has always been really important to me. Um, I work a lot, but I also really care about the people in my life and I care about my friendships and I want them to be strong and I don't want it. I don't want to be known as a girl that's always on our computer, always on her phone. So for me, setting boundaries right now is really hard. I mean, granted, I don't have to like, I'm not really seeing my friends, but like still I, I'm newly engaged and I still have like family that I want to zoom with and, and you know, like there's, there's, there's. I want to be able to watch the shows on Netflix that everyone's talking about. And, you know, so I'm trying to really still find that balance. Um, and I think that anyone that's, that works for themselves knows that feeling. If you're really passionate about it and you also like see a reward from your passion, you don't want to stop that because for fear of that going away kind of. Yeah. And I think sometimes what can help is almost rewarding ourselves for slowing down. So like a big intention of mine for the last months and months has been to read more because I always used to love to, but that business mind of mine thinks that sitting down to read is just a complete and utter waste of time. But I know, you know, how much educational value I get from it, how good it is for my mind to just rest and recharge by reading. And so lately, if I sit down and I can just read out, you know, read one chapter, a couple pages, I'm like, go me, I did it. You know, I, I held true to myself. So I think that's another way too. like, we always reward ourselves when we're doing good in business, but maybe we're, you know, quote unquote, rewarding ourselves by, you know, just being pleased with ourselves for slowing down and resting and honoring, you know, our bodies and our minds by allowing ourselves to slow down. That can, you know, maybe help somebody too. Yep. 
For sure. And that's, I'm, I'm with you on the reading thing, actually. It's funny because I've just, I, everyone's been reading too right now. So I'm like, well, I was like, well, I really actually like in, I really do love reading, but I just haven't made time for it. So I, I, I read, I've read two books already and I'm feeling very proud of myself because that's a lot for me to do in like what, five weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling very proud. I'm on my third one right now, but I've just been like, you know what? And then like, once you get into a good book, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. I don't want to really stop. But then I'm like, I, I, for me, I'm like, I could always be working. So I've just like set it up that I always like allow myself to read a little bit each day, which has been nice. Yeah. No, and it's just as important as any other work. So um, yep. everyone remember that. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, where can people find you and connect and just follow along? You create the best recipes, but you're also, I love with you. I just love how personable, as you were saying, you know, you are with not only your posts, but your stories too. Uh, you just like your brand is you. And I just really love that and, you know, want people Thank to find you. you. <laughs> Thanks girl. You're the best. Yes. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Erin lives whole. And then my blog is www.erinlivesholl.com. And those are the two best places to find me. Perfect. What did you guys think of that conversation? I personally loved it. I think it was a good reflection on like looking back after recovery and is a good guide to anyone that's currently going through it. I know there were a few things we discussed that really hit home for me and that I took away from the conversation of like, wow. I think that's present in my life right now. Uh, and so if you liked it, let us know. Erin is on Instagram at Erin Lives Whole. I'm on there at Emily Feichels. We would love to hear from you, connect with you. And if you listened to her previous episode, I think it was number 27. Don't quote me on that. Um, let us know like what you thought about this transition from her first episode to the new one. Do we both sound more confident and educated? No, I'm joking. Uh, But truly, it's just been neat to bring back some of these OG guests and see how we've both changed since then. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, you know, my DMs are open. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. If it resonated, uh, I'm happy to connect. So I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.